1: But
2: well, tomorrow can be bigger Just grow, let your word overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger
1: than yourself. Welcome to Live Big with Derek Reer. We're glad you decided to join us today. Remember, you can get access to this message and a full library of teachings at gracechurchva.org. As we dive deep into the Word of God, we believe that it changes us and empowers us to think big, do big, and live big. This type of living will not only impact our lives, but will inevitably bless others. So our hope is that this broadcast inspires you to live big. Let's get into today's message.
2: Luke chapter 8 and verse four. And when a great multitude had gathered, Jesus's popularity had just skyrocketed. I mean, it went absolutely through the roof. Everyone was talking about this new rabbi that was performing miracles, casting out demons, and speaking like no man in history had ever spoke. And they had come to uh, him from every city, a lot like what happens uh, here every week. People, you know, Came from everywhere because the voices in your life affect the choices of your life. And it's vital who you listen to. And hearing God's voice regularly is more important than the food you eat, the car you drive, the house you live in, or, or maybe even the friends you might lose because of it. And it, it's amazing, though, how, you know, when when you put God first, everything else kind of just falls into place. And the people came, the Bible says, and he spoke by a parable. Now, most people would have been so enamored by the crowd, so excited that people finally came out to listen. They would have tripped over their own feet, trying to make the crowd happy, trying to keep the crowd present. But when the masses came to Jesus, he didn't just Look at the crowd. He looked through the crowd. And he saw what the crowd needed most. And he spoke all the things he could have said. He could have razzle-dazzled them with, with the incredible speech. I mean, he could, he could have done a lot of things. But in this setting, he spoke by a parable. Now, all a parable is is a earthly story with a heavenly meaning. That's all it is. And what Jesus, he, Jesus was 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 brilliant at this. He 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 would uh, use parables to help people get into the story and outside of their religious boxes. And at first, you know, a parable just sounds like any other story. It just sounds like, a you know, an everyday common happening. And that's why we can all identify with him. But 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 a parable keeps something up its sleeve. And then it suddenly kind of pops out and then knocks you flat. And by the time it's over, it leaves you thinking, I never saw that thing like that before. You know, I, I never I never understood that thing the, the, the way now I, I, I do. And he begins his parable. He said, a sower went out to sow his seed. Now, in the first century... Seed was first sown and then the ground was tilled or turned over and then the seed kind of went into the ground. Now, nowadays, in the first, I'm sorry, in the 21st century, uh, we, we t- turn the soil first and then we plant. So as you listen to this parable, you, you need to put yourself back in the time that Jesus spoke and recognize that, again, the farmer would take a whole bunch of seed and just cast it. Then they turn the soil. Very different than today. And if you understand that, the parable begins to make a whole lot more Sense. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside and it was trampled down and the birds of the air devoured it. Verse 6. Some fell on rock and as soon as uh, as it, it was uh, planted, it sprang up. It withered away because it lacked moisture. 7. And some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. Now I want you to imagine reaching the height of your popularity, you have waited over 30 years, or almost 30 years, to enter ministry. I want you to imagine going to church and being Jesus. You you think it's hard sometimes listening to me. I know some folks got a whole bunch of of stuff to say. Uh, But imagine being Jesus, knowing the word of God perfectly, and having to sit through a rabbi getting it wrong, and doing this every week for a lifetime. Because the Bible said that when when he opened the scroll to read, when they, they they actually they got mad at him after this moment, uh as his custom was, he was in the synagogue. Which meant Jesus went to church every week. How many of y'all want to be like Jesus? I didn't see any hands there. I didn't see any any Yeah. If you want to be like Jesus, you need to come to church. Well, he's at the height of his popularity. People have walked long distances, they left their farms, they left their jobs, they left their family behind. And again, everybody is on foot. Few people have uh, donkeys to, to, to take them, where, where, where they're going. And and I mean, this is a big deal. You know, people have things to do and, and people, you know, if you didn't take care of yesterday, you didn't eat the next day. So this was serious to take a day out to listen to a rabbi. So so here they are and they've come all these, these various distances and, 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 and he tells a riddle about paths, about birds, and about thorns. And surely the crowd is thinking, come on, Jesus, you can do better than this. And when he had said these things, because he knew exactly what everyone was thinking, instead of backing off his, his story, he leaned, leaned in, and actually the Bible says he cried out, Letting people know I'm not backing down. God gave me a word for you and I'm going to deliver this word and never let people's first reactions talk you out of what God has for you to share. That's important because if God has really spoken, folks will come around. It might take a little time, but folks will come around. And then Jesus said this, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. You see, the problem was not the story Jesus just told. The problem was not what Jesus had just said. The problem was the level of their listening. Pay attention to what I'm saying. Have you ever had a discussion with somebody? I mean, you're trying to talk to them, but you know the ears work fine, but you know they refuse to hear you. This was the situation Jesus was in. People wanted to be entertained. People wanted to see something thrilling. But Jesus came to deliver a truth. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, Jesus, again, was not concerned about the ears on the head, but the ears in the heart. In fact, this is the problem in our nation right now. Everybody's talking, but nobody's listening. One of the the, the sincerest ways to, 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 to show someone respect is to genuinely listen to what they are trying to say. Then his disciples asked him, saying, so Jesus, lots of opinions about the story you just told. What does this parable mean? Some farmers were like, well, you know, Jesus is probably telling us we waste too much seed as we cast the seed the way we do. Maybe some politicians were, were thinking as they listen, you know, maybe he's hinting that, that maybe that, that, that there needs to be better farm subsidies. And, and the journalist, he might have been thinking, you know what, maybe the, the, Jesus is trying to tell me there's a big story uh, in how the birds are impacting the farming community. And Ray Ray was out there too. Ray Ray, he, he was out there. And he was thinking, maybe I need to hook up with a, with a farm girl because 25% of them do pretty well. So, so all this is going on in, in the minds of the people so the people or the disciples here asked Jesus for a little bit of understanding Lord show me what this story's all about and then he said this he said to you not to everybody but to you those who don't quit when they don't first or don't quickly understand some truths take a minute before you understand them. Some lessons take a little while to learn. And if you're impatient with the things of God, you can find yourself walking away prematurely from things that can absolutely change your life. So it was the men that were closest to Jesus that asked this question. And there's value in being close. To Jesus. He said to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God but to the rest it's given in parables. That seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. It's important. The same sun that softens wax hardens clay. The same message that blesses a heart will harden the insincere. See, everyone had an idea about what this parable meant. And, And I'm sure in some way they got some value out of it and applied it to their lives. But Jesus only gave the keys to the closest. Pay attention to what I'm saying. If you want keys, if you want answers, if you want to understand what other folks don't understand, if you really want to know what people are only taking a stab at, You need to stay close. And by the way, if you're not close to God, God's not the one who moved. So so Jesus explains to his disciples. And he starts with only one key. Now the parable is this. So in a parable, there's always a main point. It's not a, an allegory where everything means something. It's, it's usually a few driving points in the parable. So in order to unlock the parable for, for his disciples, he gives them the main point. He said, now the parable, the key is this. This one sentence was about to unlock the whole thing. And the tiniest key can unlock the biggest and the greatest doors. And if you come close today, God's about to unlock some things. If you pay attention today and not just here with the ears on your head, but here in your heart, God's about to unlock something. And here's the key. He said, the seed in my story is the word of God. Now, he used something everyone understood. He used something everyone was familiar with. He used something that if sown under the right conditions would solve problems that people have. He says, the word of God is not about just getting a shout. The word of God is not just about getting a few amens. The word of God is about producing something productive, something valuable. You hear what I'm saying? Farmers work all day, sun up, sunset, to make sure their crops were in order. And what he was saying is the word of God, just like the seed that's sown and needs to be taken care of by the farmer, if you tend to it properly, it will feed you, it will take care of you, it will clothe you, it will do everything you need it to do, but it all depends on how you hear. He said the seed is the word of God. And this is why the devil will fight you tooth and nail to keep you out, keep you out of an environment such as this. Because our weekly focus stays on God's word. Why? Because that's where my help comes from. You hear what I'm saying? That's where my answers lie. And he goes on to explain the parable. He says, with this key, now you can understand everything else. And here's the deal. We come to church and get our shout. We come to church, we get our song. But my Bible says, in all you're getting, get understanding. And we, at some point, got to come around God's table to begin to understand his word. And Jesus now is laying out the importance of God's word. And he said, those by the wayside, remember my story, guys. This is the soil that has been hardened by the footsteps of people. And all of us have been stepped on at one point in our lives or the other. People will hurt you, then turn around and hate you and and act like you're the one that hurt them. But don't let life's hard lessons harden you. One of the greatest battles, hear me dear love, one of the greatest battles you will fight in your life is keeping your heart tender, keeping your heart sweet, keeping your heart soft in the midst of bitter disappointments. He said those by the wayside, he's about to talk about four categories of people, four categories of hearers, four categories of live streamers, four categories of church attenders. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Those who have been hurt so many times. And a hardness, a cynicism, begins to, to step in and, and set in to try to, and it's all designed in your mind to, to protect you from getting hurt or, or wounded again. But instead of shielding you like you think it promises, actually it only makes you better pray. So that hard heart, that one who let life cause them to become bitter, they hear, but then the devil comes. Why? Because like a vulture, he watches for the limp. Like a vulture, he smells wounds. He smells infection. He smells pain. He smells fear. They are ones who hear. But then the devil comes. And takes away the word out of their hearts. Because the devil, unlike us, knows God's word is the only way out. So he squeezes where it hurts. He stirs memories and images of of, of, of disappointments, discouragement, all, all the pain, all the hurt, everything that's gone wrong, every moment of despair so that we keep our walls up, our defenses up. We keep our ground hard. So I'm not going to let nobody, even God, hurt me like that again. Nothing's going to penetrate this hard surface. Nothing's going to take a root in my life and, and make me vulnerable again like they did last time. So the devil comes. He takes the word out of their heart, lest they should believe and be saved. I'm going to say something so simple. If you catch it, it will set you free. Satan breaks your heart for a reason. I know that went right over your head. Satan hurts you for a reason. He was working on something. He didn't just hurt you because he didn't have nothing to do. He's working on something. He's trying to get you to reject the answer. He's trying to get you to walk away from the only thing that can help. Satan is is smarter than you think and he has a strategy. Every pain in your life was designed with a purpose in mind as far as the devil's concern. And we're talking about wayside people, wayside people, wayside people. But the ones on the rock... This soil's different than the soil, you know, here in this part of the country, where you know my backyard's full of rocks and all the rest, you know. And you know, it's rocks are usually round little things. Every now and then, you have a big rock. But in Israel, just inches beneath the surface, there was. Was 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 rocks of limestone, literal tables, if you will, just inches under the the, the soil, and you couldn't see it with with the naked eye. Um, the the sower wasn't being irresponsible; he couldn't see. And by the way, the sower sowing seed, and and the deal is, uh, you know, the wind took some to the path. He's not being a bad farmer; he's doing what he's supposed to because he knows the plow will eventually come and sow it under. And sometimes you get a word before you understand it. By the way. And sometimes you get a word, but before uh, it gets in your heart, but you need to, again, it doesn't always, it doesn't, every message, you're not going to get like that. Some messages require some plowing before it gets unlocked in, in in our souls. Let's keep going. Those on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. How many of you know joy is a good thing? Yeah, rejoice in the Lord, rejoice in him always. This group, at least, they receive the word. They haven't been so hardened by life. They they can hear a preacher. They can walk into a door of a church, and and they could be around others. So uh, that they receive the word with joy, and they're good during the honeymoon. But when they're up to their elbows in diapers and bills, they start looking for the door. And these have no root. On the outside, they look like great people. On the surface, they look like they're 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 really uh, growing in the Lord. But underneath, there's a hardness that no one else but God can see. And they're not going to let anyone come too close or let anything go too deep. And these have no root. And watch what happens with this group. They believe for a while. They come to church for a while. They live stream for a while, but then something happens. How many of y'all know something's bound to happen? No matter where you go, wherever there's people, there's going to be problems. Everything's good for a, a while. But in time of testing, you will find paths with no obstacles often don't lead anywhere great. You know you've passed the faith test. When you, de- when, you, when you don't get what you want, but you can thank God anyway. and this group, they begin to walk with God for a season. It's a genuine smile on their face. They have a genuine encounter with God. But when testing comes, when problems come, when conflicts come, when they don't get their way. They fold on the rocks, on the rocks. Can anyone say on the rocks? Now, the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, third group, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life. These are people whose hearts are soft These are people who are even willing to go deep with God. There's there's no rock under the surface. But the problem is they get distracted on the way to grandma's house. They're choked with cares, worries, news, current events, riches. Everything is about getting what's next for me and mine and pleasures I just want to be happy of life. And what happens is as the thorns compete for the nutrients that are in the soil, the weeds or the thorns, the competing interest consumes the limited time, the limited Strength, a limited energy, and, and we can't focus anymore, that the thing we was, we, we, that, that we really wanted to, to bloom and blossom cannot bloom and blossom because we've been distracted on the way to grandmother's. House. The easiest way, it's important, to destroy a vision is not first, opposition. Just give the person a second vision. To distract them from the first. I just said a mouthful. You used to focus on her, but things happen. You used to focus on him, but things happen. The way to destroy a vision is to plant another. Vision. And there was a time God was first. But then the blessings of God came in your life. And you got busy maintaining the blessing. You got busy maintaining the things and forgot the person who gave you the things. Will anyone come back to church next week?
1: This is the Live Big broadcast with Derek Rear. We pray that you were inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. We invite you to meet us online for vibrant worship and strong Bible teaching each Sunday and Wednesday on social media or gracechurchva.org. You can also tune in to the Live Big broadcast on television. So check your local TV listings or visit gracechurchva.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have. But until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big.
2: Did you know the leading cause of death today is coronary heart disease, calcification and hardening of the arteries that deprive the heart of oxygen and triggers heart attacks or strokes? The importance of taking care of our physical heart has been drilled into all of us, but I want to remind you, it's also important to take care of your spiritual heart. Proverbs 4 and 23 states, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. Keeping your heart means guarding against all attitudes that deprive our spiritual heart Of oxygen. Just as our physical heart will fail if its arteries are hardened, our spiritual hearts will fail if we let it get hardened with wrong attitudes. Maintaining a soft heart in a cruel world takes courage. But is this not what the cross was all about? We gave Jesus our worst, but he still gave us his best. So don't let bitter and happy people drag you down to their level. If people are trying to bring you down, it only means you are already living above them. So stay up.